Welcome back to another episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. This is uh, episode 31. I'm joined by a very special guest. It's uh, actually our first uh, lady guest, um, now that I think about it. Uh, it's one of my friends from the shop as well. Uh, her name's Anna. And uh, yeah, Anna's pretty cool. Whenever she comes into the shop, it's always uh, cartoons, comics, and uh, a lot of movie movie uh, references that sometimes I don't get. <laughs> <laughs> But would you say that's a majority of your uh, interests um, when it comes to like media, stuff like that, cartoons, movies, or do you do a lot of the video game stuff now too? It's mostly cartoons and movies. Anything with a story plot, my mind just latches onto it and As long as there. it's interesting, right? Yeah, because a lot of the games that you've told me you play don't really, aren't story-based, right? It's just like, you know, hang out, do stuff. Uh, you know, what was it, the, the Viking Minecraft game that you said you've been playing? Uh, Valheim? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, as far as video games go, I'm not really a story-based person because I play them to kind of escape. So what I do is I find something that I can just disappear into, like right. Tetris or Dr. Mario, something I don't have to think something about. Something you can zone out, you know, get yeah. good muscle memory, stuff like that. Maybe some GTA. I like GTA. I was really into GTA. I still have all my cars. I love them. <laughs> that was the thing I would do, too, is like collect a bunch of cars, put them in your garages. <laughs> but and i forget which platform it was they released it for free a while back and i'm going yay more 13 year olds i'm staying <laughs> off for a while <laughs> i don't need more trolls thanks <laughs> well, that's the problem when you play online that's why games like that like uh, i'm a big uh red dead redemption fan like i love the cowboy gta so uh and yeah i just play that offline just go around doing my thing you know completing side quests or doing my own little personal challenges but yeah if i had to do it online and there was a bunch of people trolling I'd be like eh, let's just do this offline um but no i, I completely understand that part too because there's um some games i definitely play for story because you know i'm very much i like narrative um but there's a lot of games as well that i just play to like you said you know kind of escape a bit um Either I'll play with friends and it's just something fun that we do as we hang out and talk, or there's something that I'll just do on my own, like you said, you know, Tetris, puzzle games, stuff like that, which is a lot of fun. Um, but back to narratives, I know you definitely talk a lot about uh, cartoons, a lot about movies. What would you say is your favorite era for cartoons? Do you still watch cartoons, actually? First question. Of course I still watch cartoons. I've got an entire collection. Half of it was for myself, and then when my sister had kids i started collecting cartoons i knew that i guess you could say it didn't traumatize me because <laughs> <laughs> some of them uh, all i'm gonna say is captain planet's clothes <laughs> i think captain planet's just a weird looking like, character to begin with but yeah he is but whoever thought you know a speedo red boots and, and the a weird shoulder crop top was appropriate <laughs> for little kids that has to be some joke maybe he was just super progressive he's like this is what all the guys at the club are wearing you know all the clubs i go to at least you know he's just trying to be ahead of the curve and uh Maybe it was just a few decades ahead, right? <laughs> I might agree, except he had a mullet. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, what Everybody probably thought the mullet was going to be forever, which it kind of is. The mullet never goes away. It kind of came what? back. You're right. <laughs> I saw a three-year-old boy in the grocery store the other day with one. And I was just like, oh, you would be so cute if your parents hadn't have done that to you. <laughs> oh, the one is uh, that I just 
laugh at that's coming back is the the rat tails. I see so many people coming into rat the shop tails? with rat tails. Yeah. And it's just, I guess it's a new thing. You know, it's all these, you know, the, the hype kids that have their, you know, slings across their chest bags or whatever. And I'm just like, I guess, man, you do you. I'm not going to, I'm never going to complain about what people are doing because it's their own. It's, yeah. but it's just like, well, of all hairstyles, the rat tail. I think the mullet started coming back because of all the, the 80s kind of nostalgia in between Stranger Things and a bunch of the other shows are yeah. kind of bringing it back. Um, as long as the addiction to hairspray does not come back, <laughs> the perms, I'm good. <laughs> that stuff makes the me Jerry sneeze. curl mullet. <laughs> you don't like the what was it? The aquanet. Hey, you know what? That stuff's great on charcoal as long as you don't overdo it. <laughs> yeah, because you use it as a, a clear coat, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, what I meant is like if you watch any like modern cartoons, like anything like you're into, that's like uh, maybe um, Adventure Time. You know, I know it wrapped up a few years ago, but Adventure Time's big. Steven Universe, maybe some anime. The funny thing for me is when it comes to cartoons, I I have to find something that A, is relatable to me, and B, I like it when it's a little more open-ended. While I do love a good storyline, I tend to gravitate towards those that I can imagine more backstories behind it. Right. Kind of like how Adventure Time and Steven, Steven Universe were at the beginning before they started pulling a narrative together. It's like, these are just episodes. These are the characters. And it's kind of up to you to figure out where it fits in the world and what's going to yeah. happen. You know, which is cool. People, I feel the way a lot of the narratives nowadays, like a lot of stories is people want every movie to be an origin and have a good story and it's like dude why can why do you have to know every single thing about him the very first movie how about you tell a story with this character it's cool it's interesting and then maybe the next movie or a related movie any universe movie gives you a little bit more about it you know you don't have to know everything right away it doesn't have to be a textbook <laughs> you know what's crazy now that you mentioned that the uh, i'm gonna butcher his name probably hideyuki kikuchi I don't know who that is. <laughs> so uh, it's okay. He's the writer for Vampire Hunter D. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, we watched the movie uh, like over a year ago now, right? <laughs> uh, Pre-COVID. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> it's been a while. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. I actually really liked that one. I still need to show you the second one. <laughs> yeah, those... Uh, yeah, anime is such a trip, but too. <laughs> I mention it because they turned the first book into a movie which is the one from the 80s. Right. And then Bloodlust, I believe, is book four? Four or three. I know it's not directly after the first one. But the, well, the author has written, I believe, around 40 of these novels. Oh, geez. But here's the thing. I've read up to 35. Oh, dang. <laughs> I still don't know Dee's origin story. Right. Do they explain it in the 40 novels and you just haven't read it or they have they just kept it? He's still writing it. (laughs) It's an example of how he's just giving you a little bit here and a little bit there. But these are awesome stories, which I wish more of them would actually get turned into an anime. Like OVA or anime series, right? It would have to be an OVA, I think. You don't think they can do an anime series? Like uh, a few seasons? You know, maybe tell a few chapters in a season? They, They probably could, but I think the animation quality would might suffer for it i don't know if it's a if it you know uh although they might get the backing for that considering how popular it is yeah not just that like it looks like they're looking for just about anything to be made into an anime now like it, it feels like a manga comes out and the very next year there's an anime for it like you know Jujutsu Kaisen well then I, they need to redo Pet Shop of Horrors because that <laughs> and that little OVA series did not capture the feel of those comics anyway whatsoever 
But yeah, I know the uh so the one movie we watched, um, which one is that? Is that the first one? Yeah, that's the first one. Which is a trip because there's so much going on on there. Again, if I didn't have you there kind of explaining a lot of the stuff, I wouldn't know what's going on, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's also hard as a new viewer, right? If you don't have any background, you just turn on, you'd be like, what's going on in this movie? Like, what is this about? Compared to the book, they had a lot more background things going on that they didn't need. Right, right. But, which is, again, it's, it's if you're a fan, it's cool though, because then you're like, oh, I kind of know about that, or I want to see where that goes. It the problem is, is if you have no background in it, it's going to be really hard to follow the plot points. Which I don't know. Well, no, that's the thing. Um, the castle specifically, it had all these creatures like in the wings and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. They're not in the book. Oh, really? No. <laughs> like so, the, just adding their own stuff and hoping the vampires people... literally live. I mean, they're mansions, but. They're not like these decrepit mausoleums, right. you know. They keep their stuff pretty nice if they can. Yeah, well, because they're like spaceships, right? The, the mansions are like spaceships, wasn't it? No. Or was that a different one? Because remember there was the... There was a spaceship in the Bloodlust movie. Oh, okay. That lady, she did have one, but it wasn't the actual castle. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, talking about uh, animation and stuff like that, I know you're a big, big Disney fan, right? For like the old cartoons. Because I remember you, you always have like your, what was it, a Chippendale Rescue Ranger shirt? Um, <laughs> was, not today. <laughs> yeah, I was looking down to see what shirt I had on today. <laughs> um, and then I know you're always uh, bringing up like Darkwing Duck and uh, uh, DuckTales. Um, and I always forget the name of the... the Tailspin? No, no, no. I, I like Tailspin. I was going to say the character who has the one wheel. The duck, like he's oh, like a Gizmo cyborg. Duck. Yeah, Gizmo Duck. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> I saw a guy cosplaying as him. He'd just carry around like a pillow that was shaped like the wheel. And when people want to take pictures, he just put it between his legs. <laughs> but he was just, oh, looked just like that's him. That's clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, no, I, I do like it because all those shows, they're more or less in the same universe. Right. It's a lot of like the Disney cartoon like universe. Because, yeah, uh, DuckTales. Um, Tailspin, and well, I mean Darkwing Duck. It's clearly another duck. Uh, Ducktales and Darkwing Duck take place roughly around the same time as each other, as far as the '80s version. And you know, obviously Darkwing came out in 1990. Um, the newer Ducktales is completely alternate universe. Okay, so there's is there a Darkwing Duck in the new in the new Ducktales? Yes, and it's. <laughs> I I oh my god. All right. Just because I can relate to the nerdiness of the alternate universe Drake Mallard and Launchpad basically <laughs> fanboying over Darkwing. Oh really? <laughs> and then, you know, Drake becoming Darkwing in his own right it's just oh wait so the ducktales has like the origin for the new that universe's duck Darkwing, Darkwing? yes oh, that's pretty freaking cool oh, oh okay i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because this okay See, they it's had fun some... when they do new stuff of the stuff you like if it's done well right all like... right this is major spoilers here by the way if you haven't oh, no, seen it's it. fine it's fine um this is the one thing that i think they did really really well for this the, whoever wrote this was definitely a fan right because if you've ever wondered what the original Drake Mallard from the 90s would look like at like <laughs> 45, washed up and without a kid, 
you get to see that because they bring Jim Cummings back to voice him. So you get to see him trying to sign autographs and he's got like bags under his eyes and all that stuff. <laughs> and he's, he sounds and looks like Darkwing. That's funny. They drew him like the original Darkwing. And he supposedly, uh, they gave him the name Jim Sterling, I believe. Oh, interesting. So he played Darkwing like on a television show. Yeah, almost like Adam West, right? Like would play like yeah. Batman. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's exactly like that. So what happens is he finds out that McDuck Studios is actually backing a Darkwing Duck movie. And he's cheesed off that he wasn't, you know, into this. And it's Drake Mallard who actually auditioned for Darkwing and got the role. And the whole thing ends with them fighting each other because Jim's lost his mind because he, you know, that's his one claim to fame. That's like the only thing in his life that actually mattered. And here's this up and coming kid taking it from him. But they both come together because they realize that Launchpad believes in their message. Right. Like right. wholeheartedly and they're like, crap, we gotta save this guy. And <laughs> it ends obvious most things do, an explosion, especially when <laughs> launchpad's involved. <laughs> um and it looks like Jim got blown to smithereens. Okay, the older one, right? Yeah, Drake yeah, yeah, yeah. Drake and Launchpad can't find him. And it pans down into the sewers and the original Darkwing, he's in his costume and you can see the color starting to fade, like drain into the water and he's turning red and yellow and his voice just gets deeper and more gnarly. Oh, that's weird. Are they making him like a joker or what? And then you realize you're looking at Negaduck. Oh, (laughs) Negaduck. That's interesting. That sounds cool. So um, no, 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 no. (laughs) I have always loved that because that was other than the humor. Right. And the fact that I, pardon me, that I really loved Launchpad. Darkwing and Negaduck is what actually grabbed me on to the original series, the original series. Yes, because they're the same person. Right. They're the same person. And since all of this is written by adults, I sat back as a kid and went, I would write down everything, <laughs> you know, and then pick and choose what got put into the episodes. And if I'm doing that, that means somebody else is probably doing that. Right. So I found myself paying attention more and more, especially as I got older and understood more the, the way the world works. Right. I realized that they're keeping each other's secrets. Right. You never hear them call the other ugly. <laughs> Oh, no, they're both vain. Holy crap, are they vain. Um, But in the comic series, Negaduck doesn't go after Darkwing until he has a legitimate way to explain it to the Fearsome Four if he has to. He doesn't. But he already knows where Drake lives. Right. Because it was his house in his own world. (laughs) So it's just... It's just really weird to watch them interact with each other and recognize that they don't actually hate each other. They don't want to kill each other. They don't, they want to hurt each other, but only in the sense that as far as they want to hurt themselves. Right. So that. 
duality. Yeah, it's a lot of like the dynamic between Batman and Joker, right? Like Batman wants to put Joker away, but he won't kill him. He won't finish his job. And Joker just wants Batman to be around forever. He doesn't he doesn't want to find out who Batman is because he doesn't care because all he wants is the fun to keep going on. They need that dynamic going back and forth, that relationship. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) Speaking of Batman, I've come to the realization He's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Pardon yeah. the phrase, batshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Batman's crazy. No sane person would do that. <laughs> and you know what? Alfred's not sane either. No, he lets it. He raised Bruce. Well, and then there's that whole, uh, you know, there's these like little fan stories. You know, they always make up stuff like, oh, Batman's actually in Arkham Asylum and the orderlies are the villains and he thinks he's a superhero. There'll be little stories like that. There's one where it's like, oh, yeah. Well, there was that one book where um, Alfred is the Joker. He puts on the makeup. He puts on the show for Batman. So he has somebody to go against because he's just feeding into his delusions. He hires all these villains as actors, you know, oh, I as actors as villains. One. It's a comic. I wish I can remember who wrote it. It might have been Alan Moore. Um, that sounds like something he would do. Yeah. And it's a really cool story. Like, again, there's, there's just stuff like that where, yeah, they're not. When you look at them, especially Batman, like when you look at them, they're they're not sane. That's why again, uh, so this last run, uh, not the one currently going, but uh, the well, yeah, the current run going right now for Batman that DC has out. The new Fifty Two. Um, no, no, no. Well, Rebirth, the Rebirth era stuff. So it's it's oh, okay. not Rebirth anymore. But Tom King was writing it from number one until like seventy something. I want to say um, he was supposed to run write one through a hundred, but the sales started dipping because he was just kind of spinning his wheels and not doing anything with the story. Um, but that's one thing that he brought in that people were upset about where it's um, Batman and Catwoman were supposed to get married on issue 50. That was the big thing. You know, there was going to be the wedding and all that stuff. And uh, Thomas Wayne, Batman, you know, the Flashpoint one, he comes from Earth 2 knowing that his son's alive. And he basically orchestrates this whole thing to tell uh, Catwoman, like, I need you. What was it? It was something like... His, the dad wanted him to marry Catwoman and just stop being Batman. He's like, you're you're not happy when you're Batman. Like all this tra- you invite all this tragedy. You're, it's not a healthy thing, right? Because Thomas Wayne was a doctor. He's like, this isn't healthy. I want my son to have a good life. Like I want him to live a good, happy life. And Batman's not gonna. He's not gonna have a happy life as Batman. And then nope. Catwoman comes to the realization that, yeah, she loves Batman. He loves her, and they want to get married. But Batman can't be happy, otherwise he's not Batman. Like he won't do his thing if he's happy, which is dumb, right? Like it's stupid. Yeah, it was it was just poor writing. What? I know. And you can tell what had happened is he, they were supposed to get married at issue fifty, but he was gonna save it for a hundred where they actually get married and tell a completely different story. But it was just so poorly done and it left such a bad taste in people's oh my mouth. Gosh. It left such a bad taste in people's mouth that uh that they ended up uh, again, the sales were starting to dip, they ended up pulling him off the title. But the last story arc he did was a city of Bane where Bane takes over and it's all orchestrated by, you know, uh, Thomas Wayne, he's pulling the strings. So he takes over Gotham while Batman and Catwoman are like on vacation, you know, in freaking uh, bikini and swimsuit on a beach, you know, having fun. Meanwhile, the Bane's taken over, you know, he took over Gotham. He kills Alfred while Batman's away in front of Robin, in front of Damian Wayne. Cause that's his father basically too, or his grandfather. So he's looking at him and Bane's like, this is my city. He goes, no, this is Batman city. He goes, oh really? And he just goes to Alfred and just snaps his neck in front of him <laughs> and uh yeah just crazy yes. stuff kill the 
grandfather in front of the child from the League of Assassins. Right. That's a, that's a um, good idea. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, it was just so weird. It was so, I got the idea where, again, Batman's not a healthy individual. Tom King had a great idea that he couldn't execute properly. And I, I think a lot of it, too, is not his fault. I think DC wanted to milk you know, all the way to issue 100, they wanted to keep that anticipation. The problem, though, is yeah. right after the the wedding, quote-unquote wedding issue, where nobody got married, because at the same time, Marvel was doing a wedding issue between Colossus and Shadowcat, and they didn't get married in the wedding issue, but Rogue and Gambit did. So it was technically still Wait. a wedding issue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I did watch the X-Men cartoon a little bit yeah. as a kid, that, that makes little little me happy. Yeah, they they're, they're <laughs> and then they had a title Mr. and Mrs. X, which is pretty cool. But again, they didn't lie to people like DC did. DC said this is a big wedding issue. They got businesses to buy in these crazy exclusives. It was so bad that they were taking refunds on all the books from the stores because they ordered so much of them. They're like, all right, we're sorry, we'll take we'll take the books back and give you your money back because they they wow. messed up. And then what messed it up too is the story arcs afterwards was like the very next story arc is, um. What was it? It was a Batman on trial because of he's a vigilante. He's not he's not a he's not a he's not the law, right? He's a vigilante. He's going outside the law. So Mr. Freeze is like, Well, why isn't he being arrested? Like, I'd like to, you know, press charges on Batman for beating the shit out of me. And so Bruce Wayne gets on jury duty on that trial. So meanwhile he's trying to like play both sides and just Meanwhile, his, you know, his his fiance left them at the altar, like all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, you're just spinning your wheels. You don't know what story you want to tell. So you're just filling... trying to tell all of them. Yeah. And it, it just kept going like that all the way up until they, they dropped them. Like, I think it was issue 76 or something like that. They're like, you're off of Batman. We'll get a, a James Tinney and write it. And he did a killer job. James Tinney is a killer writer, too. They're both good writers. The problem is, again, um, Tom King, he writes these very cerebral, very make-you-think stories. Yeah. And you can do that with Batman, but you can't do it for 100 issues. <laughs> Especially if you're you're trying to string it along no, for so long. No, you need give and take, or you need to go the speed of snail. See, what I thought would have been a good idea is the wedding doesn't happen, because right before the wedding issue, issues like 44, 45, 46, 47, whatever, the, the issues leading up to the wedding was Joker, you know, the best man. You know, it was he was like, I'm Batman's, you know, how, how come I didn't get an invitation to the wedding? Like he's at some dudes, like some poor. He shows up to this poor guy's house in the middle of a uh, nowhere in the neighbor in the neighborhood, and he he like has him hostage. And he's like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm my best friend's getting married. I'm waiting for my invitation." And he's like, "Well, why? Why would it be sent to my house?" He goes, why, and, he goes well, and then Joker's like, "Well, why wouldn't it?" He goes, "Well, I just don't think it'll be here." He goes, oh well, you better hope it shows up here, buddy. <laughs> like basically, so the mail shows up. He's like, "Oh, what do you know, my buddy? You know, my invitation. It did show up, and it's just a freaking letter, like junk mail and stuff." And I think he kills the dude. He's like, "Oh, I'm so happy. When I get happy, I just bam," <laughs> and he just kills the guy. Um, but what would have been cool is they're at the altar, they're getting married, and Joker's fucking around doing shit. And Batman chases after him. And that would have been the perfect opportunity. Again, you can play into the whole thing that Tom King wanted with. Uh, it's not healthy for him mentally, emotionally, whatever. And Catwoman can be like, uses an excuse to call off the wedding and the engagement. It's like, you will always choose the Joker over me. I'm supposed to be your wife. You know, we're supposed to be getting married. Yet, no matter what happens, he will have higher priority than me. Even on one day, you can't even take one day off and just let Joker go and let somebody else handle it. You, you know, know what? That's that's actually kind of sadly true for yeah. all the Batman stories. Yeah. He will chase after the Joker rather than like 
yeah, spend then, a day with one of his kids. Oh, exactly. And um, and yeah, the, again, the, the, there's so many know, good ways s- you can do it for a loner, for a true introvert. Dude's got a shit ton of kids. Well, yeah, the Bat family. And that, that was the big thing in New 52 was the death of the family. Because there's death in the family, which is when Joker freaking kills Jason Todd. Oh, and yeah. then there's death of the family where he basically gets the whole Bat family, Batman, uh, Batgirl, all the Robins, Nightwing. And they, um, what was it? It basically got them all together, made them think that they cut their faces off. Because that's what he did in the beginning of the New 52. Oh, that's right. He I cut his face that. off. And basically um, has Batman admit in front of all of them that he cares more about the Joker than them. Because basically it's like they're all poisoned or I forget what it was. It's just some stupid shit where it's like, you know, uh, you can either kill me or you can let your family die. And he wouldn't do it. Like, so you basically just show like, yeah, dude, he cares more about his shit going on with the Joker. And that's why it's called the death of the family where they, they kind of saw his true colors were like, Oh, okay, we get it now, dude. But then again, it's comic book. So it didn't really matter like yeah. two months later, but yeah, that, that, that uh, relationship isn't the healthiest, but like you said, like even with uh Darkwing Duck and Duck, Duck is they kind of need each other. It kind of helps justify their existence at, at, to an extent. Yeah. Um, I don't know the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> They, it's like they ignore each other until they can't anymore. Right, that's interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, what what about uh, Darkwing besides uh, the whole Nega Duck thing? Like, who would be another? You know, you say you like Launchpad. Um, you like the relationship between Nega Duck and uh, Darkwing Duck. What else about the show did you really like? Was there other characters that you're like, oh, that, that's freaking cool, or it's such a, so well uh, written, like like the plot or the narration. I thought Megavolt has an interesting backstory. Who's that? Um, he's a dude with electricity and the battery strapped to his back. He talks to light bulbs. <laughs> no, he's totally bonkers. That sounds cool. <laughs> Completely bonkers. See, I haven't watched these cartoons since I was a kid. Like, since I was under seven years old. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No, yeah. So it's been a long time like a long long time because i used to watch all the i remember i had you know i had disney and stuff growing up and i remember darkwing duck gargoyles um uh tailspin um rescue rangers and all, all the disney cartoons and they were awesome and i i just don't remember stories i barely remember characters i remembered megavolt because he's basically known drake the longest out of all of them they okay. went to school together so they have a history yeah they were classmates um how they often- were the two kids that got shoved in the lockers next to each other. Oh, so they were like both bullied. So um, how frequently would he show up in the show then? Like, Oh, you know, I never actually paid attention. So you just infrequently m- more than like, let, let's just say. I would say he appeared the most out of the Fearsome Five. Okay. Um. What was it? That's another thing I was gonna ask. Is uh, how, how long was the uh, the series, the original Darkwing Duck? I think it was only two seasons. So it's not that not that many episodes. No. W- what's an episode like? Let's just say you only have like maybe thirty minutes to an hour, and you're like, I want to watch some Darkwing Duck. What's a what's an episode or episodes that you're like, let's put them on and every time I watch them, they're gonna be great. Well, that depends. Do you want? That depends on what you want, because since it was in the 90s, they also had the episodes that were focused on, you know, 
not quite Captain Planet save the planet thing, but yeah. definitely more the PSA, like, wear your helmet kind of thing. Okay. And then they had ones that obviously played off of It's a Wonderful Life, because I think every single cartoon show at that point had that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would recommend downloading, because it's not on the box set, Hot <laughs> Spells. What's that about? Goslin attempts to sell her dad's soul to Beelzebub for <laughs> magical powers. Oh my god. Yes, it is technically a banned episode. Disney will oh, not release it. Oh, that, that's why. <laughs> because I think it's going to Black corrupt magic. people, but guess who like watched it and I'm pointing at myself <laughs> a million times over and thought that was a bunch of hoopla because you're only in control of your own soul. Right. And That's I, interesting. as a child, I thought anyone who didn't understand that was terminally stupid, <laughs> <laughs> which is really mean of me. But <laughs> that was a good one. And um, th- that one's just interesting because you also get to see more of where Morgana came from. Okay. You get to see a bit of who she is and what she's actually capable of or supposedly capable of. As far as witches go, she's. I don't know. She's always kind of struck me as mediocre. It's like, if your magic's constantly misfiring, how in the hell did you graduate? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're supposed to be this big bad, yeah, you're so in- inept, you know? Like, <laughs> like, like take Magicka to spell. Um, she never crossed over into, from the original DuckTales to Darkwing. Okay. But she does in the comics. She's actually a more knowledgeable witch than... Morgana and Morgana has the magic naturally where Magicka trained for it. She learned it. She wasn't born with it. Right. It's not natural to her. No. That's interesting. And she's strong enough of a sorceress that even Scrooge McDuck actually respects her. Okay. And other than being polite, I don't think Scrooge really cares too much about Morgana. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, the... um... And I lost my train of thought. Yay! (laughs) No, you're just talking about the episodes, why why you like that specific one. Uh, Because I was talking about it earlier before I started recording, um, Twin Beaks. Twin Beaks. (laughs) That that episode will... It's hilarious. Launchpad's walking around with a pyramid on his head, and he's... um, holding a log up to his ear saying that the cows are not what they seem and it's kind of invasion of the body snatchers as well because the uh, people around them are getting replaced by these um cabbage pods that's so weird (laughs) oh it's cartoons yeah no but you you can tell that the writers and the artists just had a lot of fun with this episode and if you want something to laugh that'll give you as an adult a lot of snickers where the kids are going hey that's funny but why are you laughing so hard then that's one of them and it's actually not anything dirty it's just it's just double like double meaning stuff like that yeah stuff that like you said to go over the you know over your head as a kid because there's a lot of cartoons that i'll rewatch. and i'm like i didn't get that the first time shoot there's shows nowadays like i'll rewatch certain shows and be like oh i didn't notice that the first time or you have a different point of view too like i rewatched um spirited away the ghibli film oh i haven't watched that in a while yeah i watched it like five years ago when they put it in theaters here and then i watched it like two years ago 
no, it was even longer than that. It was I watched like seven years ago and then two years ago, so like five years difference. Yeah. And then there's stuff where it's like I remember the story exactly. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, I don't remember disliking the girl this much. Like I don't remember feeling like why is she being a little bitch? Like you know, just little stuff where it's like she's so ungrateful. Where at the time I was like, yeah, kids act that way, or I can relate. And it's like I don't know. Again, my my point of view shifts uh certain characters stand out more certain characters i'm like oh, i don't need to see you anymore like i'm done like you know, just stuff like that and that's just a five-year difference on a movie that i don't want to say i don't care about but it's like you know i don't really watch it or think about it so it's again it's just it's it's interesting going back even just five years and re-watching something with a different point of view because again you grow five years i would hope you'd grow some bit yeah one way or another um so um on the topic of disney superheroes um i guess you can technically follow the marvel characters under uh disney now um I, kn- I know you've uh recently been reading a lot of the thor issues right you came into the shop you picked up the jason aaron part one right yeah. and then you i was telling you about the straczynski run and, and now uh, <laughs> i'm reading that yeah um how have you been enjoying that I was surprised to find out that Asgardians did not have indoor plumbing and chucked it over the walls. <laughs> well, yeah, the uh, you know you got to think when they're on a <laughs> in an actual Asgard out in the middle of nowhere where there's well, a rainbow bridge to link you to other worlds. Yeah, you know where that, would it go? <laughs> you know what? That's the thing, though. Um, and this is one difference between the comics and the movies that I've started to notice is that Asgard is not a standalone plane like no. they have it in the movies. They exist on the same level as the Frost Giants yep. and other yep. things. I don't know actually what <laughs> other animals they have out there. Um, and that makes the yeah, Norse Jotunheim. mythology a bit make more sense because um, <laughs> the story of Slefnir. Um, it was said that they were building a wall around Asgard yeah well why would they need a wall right because in the mcu they definitely don't need a wall there's yeah they're floating in the middle of nowhere there's no reason for a wall um and in the comics it looks like yeah they probably could use a wall or two and it sounds like they did have one and just the look that they the looks that were drawn on everyone's faces (laughs) when the mayor of the local town was like asking for clarification they're right. like uh yeah well, <laughs> well he's like we'll take your money like <laughs> our, our halls wouldn't be clean otherwise and just like oh my goodness yeah that's funny but yeah, that's the uh the reincarnated asgard too because before the um, damn it's, well it's volstag so, uh, said they did that beforehand anyway yeah. because it uh, no what, I, what i'm saying is uh uh that's the on earth incarnation of uh asgard yeah before ragnarok um when they were out there the different realms they exist in correlation to each other but they're also kind of like in the mcu where they're floating in their own little void and then what happens is that world as they know it all those worlds ragnarok it destroys them all so that's why they start reincarnating people on earth so they're kind of bringing they're all kind of demigods they're trying to rebuild their old world Mm-hmm. on earth and that's why they're like well we never just i mean dude the shit would just go into space and you know silver surfer would run into it every now and then i guess but yeah it's it's funny seeing the interaction of of these gods you know quote unquote as guardian gods uh with humans because there's that one kid i forget what his name is that falls in love with that nymph bill yeah and yeah. i only know that because i just <laughs> finished reading that <laughs> but yeah it's, it's such a good run um what are you liking about it so far 
that there really wouldn't be any sort of plot if it weren't for the fact that Loki was clearly bored as shit. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. When you when you read it, you're like, he didn't have to do this. Like, no, <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he probably would have had to trick Thor into bringing him back, considering he was such a butthead the last time. Right. But at the same time, he literally just could have gone back and done research in his bedroom and like never given two shits about anything. Right. Right. Like he didn't have to do this. Exactly. No, that's yeah, that's so true. Yeah. It's not like he wanted another brother and that's essentially what he got by like outing Balder. Yeah, as... yeah. Well, and and that's the thing too is uh if you haven't read already uh the Straczynski run for Thor's a really really great run. It takes place after Ragnarok. Um about a year after Civil War in in universe at least because there's that moment with uh Captain America, you know, when he's quote unquote dead. Um time bullet, he's bouncing around in time, I guess is the the current um uh excuse um well, wibbly wobbly timey wimey i suppose that would make sense why he could well that's what they did so astral he... project himself into whatever yeah thor's in yeah yeah because at first it was just ghosts like like oh they're seeing his ghost or whatever and then later on they explain like, oh no he got shot by a time bullet and it started bouncing him around from reality to reality throughout time and i'm like i guess dude whatever you know what that books. makes me think of the <laughs> x-files <laughs> nobody really dies yeah in comic books nobody really dies it's a revolving door um but the again the when i read that straczynski run for thor i was very new to comic books it was about 10 years ago actually and yeah it was cool it was, they incorporated a lot of the mythology and made it cool and interesting and yeah i had the same thought at the time too i was like why the fuck is loki being such a dumbass like why um which made it more interesting after the whole siege event and everything where um you know, he reincarnates him again as a kid. You know, he's a kid and he reincarnates him. And he basically says, like, no, that's my brother. So it goes to kind of make you think, like, would he have, even if he didn't trick him into reincarnating him in a Sif's body, do you think he still would have gone and uh, reincarnated him? Because he was supposed to be, like, in that old dying body, right? I'm not sure which body he was in. He, oh, my goodness, there's so many different, like, yeah, um, but it, it would have been, I think he would have still done it, because if you read a lot of the other Thor stuff, like there's another just uh, graphic novel, uh, Thor and Loki Blood Brothers, where it's another timeline where Loki wins, you know, he's the winner, and uh, he has Thor in the stockade, you know, like, they're going around, he's... I keep nodding and no one can see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking, I can see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has uh, he has Thor in the uh, stockades, he's won, you know, like, Loki won, and he goes and he finds out about the Celestials, about the people who basically live off of his conflict with the brother. He's like, you're not the first Loki that won, quote unquote. He's like, y you'll, you know, it, it always goes this way. Uh, Thor kills you or Thor traps you and you're, you know, uh, there's the original uh, Asgardian or the original Norse um, tale where uh, he's doomed to be tied up forever with a snake dripping uh, venom into his eyes. Um, you know, that's that's his his hell basically after uh, Ragnarok is going to be the one who starts it. And he's like, no, nah, I don't believe you. Like, and he basically at the end of the story comes to terms like, no, nah, Thor's my brother. I love him. I'm going to break this chain. I'm going to break this cycle. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make amends with my brother. And he's on his way to the dungeon to let him out. But Thor's broken out and basically working his way to Loki. He's like, Oh, I was on my way to let you out. And he was sure you were. And he kills him. <laughs> like Thor kills Loki. <laughs> like, um, But there's always that thing of like, they are brothers, you know, even though they're not, technically actually brothers they do see themselves as brothers and uh i think after that whole siege run when he reincarnates uh loki you know he makes a good point where it's like loki's not the god of evil he's not the god of death he's 
he's a the god of lies and tricks he's a trickster and sometimes like you said he's so bored or he just i don't know why he went about it that way but you know like that's, well still doesn't change the fact that you know that's my brother that's my little brother or whatever like i'm still gonna love him and i know you know he's done a lot but you know like sometimes think, you're irrational with family <laughs> yeah and i think under different circumstances tony stark and loki would have been the worst best friends right because <laughs> they're highly intelligent very hands-on very self-centered incredibly so <laughs> and if you combined loki's magic with tony's technology um just imagine like two mad scientists right. well they did that in uh so in uh thor had a really cool crossover event in marvel it was a uh, fear itself and the idea was you know thor has the mjolnir the you know that hammer well they yeah. drop a bunch of different hammers that are evil or whatever you know yeah so people pick them up and then they turn like these crazy big evil like destroyer level villains and, okay. uh, you know, Iron Man, basically, he does like this blood ritual. So he slits his wrist and he's like, you know, calling on Odin. He he found out a way to call on Odin, you know, with the blood ritual. And he's like, Odin's like, what the fuck do you want? He's like, I'm I'm basically a, a smith, a blacksmith. Like, I make weapons. I do this and that. I'm a weapon maker. Let me use your forges to make weapons. So it, they give Tony Stark access to all this magic bullshit. And then he comes back with like magical stuff. Was- you know what? <laughs> If you're going to call down Odin, offering to make weapons is probably the one way he wouldn't <laughs> immediately, like, smite you. <laughs> right. Uh, but it, it, it was uh, it was an interesting idea. The problem I had with it at the time is uh, at the same time that uh, Marvel was putting that out, because it was a cool crossover event. You know, I had issue one through five, and I think I have one through four. I didn't even finish it. Um, DC was doing Flashpoint, which is what kicked off New 52. The thing, the difference between, because I was reading both at the same time, the difference between DC's uh, Flashpoint event is you can read issue one through five of Flashpoint and it's a concise story. When I was reading Fear Itself, I read issue one. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I read issue two. I'm like, this isn't where the last one left off. And it's like, oh, if you want to know what happened, read Amazing Spider-Man Fear Itself one and two. I'm like, wait, I got to buy this. I hate it when it does that. And then I did issue three and it did it like another two. And I was like, I have to buy all these other ones just to get what's going on in the main story. Like, no, no, no. That's why I didn't finish it. I only have like one through three, one through four. I'm missing the last one. See, that's why I buy the compilation books. Yeah, like the once trades. the story is complete, I will let other people compile all the different parts from all the different individual comics, and then I'll just buy that. Yeah, just read the trade paperbacks. You read. The problem I have, though, is Marvel's really bad about it, so they'll do the main story mm-hmm. knowing, you know, they'll put in that issue one through five, but that's all they put in there. And they won't put the other ones you need to fill in the gaps. So like, oh, you got to buy those separate. This is the tie-in book. I'm like, yeah, but now I have to read issue one and figure out where it ends. And then I got to read the, the first tie-in in this book. And then I got to bounce back and do this. So Marvel, but they want to sell you that extra book. That's why Marvel does it. Like, Why do you think I'm not really reading <laughs> anything that's recent? <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's too much. Um, but yeah, that, that Thor runs I don't awesome. have space for it. Like I stopped buying Batman comics because I'm out of space. My drawer yeah. is full. Yeah, <laughs> I can't see it in my closet, but I got like 16 short boxes in there. Yeah, and they're spilling out Oh, that's out right. I forgot you had. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot more than me. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I got to I gotta go through and sell them at some point. Uh, but yeah, that Thor run's cool. And then, um, yeah, dude, uh, hopefully uh, you get through a, a lot of that Thor stuff. So you can start reading the Jason Aaron book that you picked up because that one's really good, too, with uh, uh, Gore the God Butcher. That's really cool. Um, and it basically led into the current Thor run with, uh, or the current Venom run actually with um, Noel. Noel first appears in that um, Thor God of Thunder uh, run um, in proxy by the Necro Sword. I'll, I'll black the Necro Sword. Uh, but that was a really cool run. Um, and then yeah, 
Um, another thing you were talking about the other day when you came in to pick up that book was because uh, you're a huge Ghostbusters fan. Uh, was <laughs> yeah. the new movie? That's something that you're looking forward to, right? Is the uh, Afterlife? You said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it so? You've watched all the Ghostbusters, then, right? The last movie. Yeah. Um, was it in the same universe as the original ones, or was it its own kind of like timeline thing? Oh my goodness. The female Ghostbusters was its own timeline. Right. It it didn't. Was there any references to the original yeah, ones? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the original cast had cameos in it. Right. But but not as themselves. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely its own like thing. Whereas this new one's supposed to be kind of like DKR Batman no, this... Beyond. Like it's after. Right. Like this one is directly canon. Right, because uh, it's young, right? They're all the kids. It's like the Stranger Things kid and some other kids. They find out there. They find their old like whatever gear or whatnot. I'm assuming. Um, that's what it looked like in the trailer, at least. Uh, no, they're Spangler's grandkids. Oh, okay. Yeah, because since God bless you know Harold Ramis's soul, he's no longer with us. Yeah. They went. Uh, the storyline goes that he passed away and left his daughter. His dilapidated farmhouse yeah and so they go there and the kids you know start finding things and tinkering with stuff and as far as i know that's it um have they released anything but that first trailer i don't know about the trailers but i have come across other things like i know there's going to be mini stay puffs in there because i found a christmas ornament of one and i forget who was talking to me about those but when they mentioned them, I just started going, oh, no, because the only mini Stay Puffs I know are from the comics. And they're the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man's poops <laughs> that are slightly sentient. Oh, that's funny. And I'm just like, I'm just imagining ghost poops running around in this movie. <laughs> I know it's probably not that. Um, now, the the director is the son of the original director. It's, Interesting. Uh, Jason Reitman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who is actually, it was the kid who said the Ghostbusters sucked in like, the second <laughs> movie. That's funny. Um, wh- what are you hoping is in this new movie? Egon and Janine better have got together. Holy <laughs> crap. I know that was left on the cutting room floor for the most part for the first movie. And then they tried to put her off with Lewis Tully, which, yes, was funny. Made absolutely no sense. But it's okay. I know they were trying to make it appeal more to kids because right. they realize children are watching this stuff, which is why you don't see cigarettes or alcohol in it. Doesn't a guy get a blowjob from a ghost, though? That's in the first one. And yeah. How's <laughs> and you know what the funny thing is? is I felt comfortable showing both my nieces this up until recently because my old the oldest niece is 10, and yeah. she's just old enough to actually go, wait a minute. Yeah. What is that? And right. now I'm like, now they have questions. <laughs> she hasn't said anything yet. They generally want to skip ahead to when the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man comes out. That's her right. favorite part. But I'm dreading the day when she actually realizes that this ghost is not pulling a prank. <laughs> and yeah, that's the thing. I get parents uh, so concerned about um, what's in the comics when they pick them up for their kids. Like, oh, I just don't want any sexual stuff in there. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but like if they're young enough, like if they're if it's too much for them, it'll just go over their head. Because there was a lady looking for something, I forgot what it was, and I'm like, oh, well, this one's mature, but it's you know serial killer, a lot of gore, something. Like, oh, that's fine. 
I'm like, oh, so you're fine with your kid getting desensitized to like crazy overt violence, but God, no, you know, I have a a, a man and woman, you know, <laughs> having a natural relationship. Oh man. <laughs> Actually, you know that you talk on that. Um, since my niece is reading a lot more, she's getting more into comics. And beforehand, she liked a lot of the Spider-Man ones because that's what she saw on television. So I was buying her those. And now she's getting at that age where I can show her some of the ones that I have that I read in like junior high and high school. Um, She didn't flip through it. She was just blown away by the fact that the book was so huge because it's a compilation one. Yeah, one of the trades. It was Inuyasha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was volumes... One through four, I think. And this thing's like an inch thick (laughs) and like the size of a textbook. And she was just like, wow. Yeah, it's just just cool to have a big book too. But she started um, reading a little bit of Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. Sailor Moon's a cool one. Yeah, it is. I I really like it. And it dawned on me. It's like female Dragon Ball Z, basically. It's all the female empowerment, like power fantasy right there. Yeah. I can beat the shit out of anyone with fucking magic and love and the positive energy <laughs> except the whole except the whole thing does actually it does revolve around relationships you know um Usagi with um tuxedo Ma- mask Mamoru yeah. yeah and then um I'm blanking on their names um Uranus the, and Neptune yeah the lesbians and I'm not sure my niece is aware people live like that yet <laughs> that they have those relationships and since she's not my kid you can't really. I don't want. I, I. I know my sister will be okay with the series because she herself loves the series, or right. she did. Um, she hides her nerdum like way, <laughs> way, 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 way deep down. Uh, but it's like I have to sit back and you know, question my like, okay, do I let her get that far in the series? Is she old enough to be asking questions? So it, it's it's kind of interesting. So. Um, and I had a, I was tying that back to something else and I don't know what it was. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, it's it, really easy to go off topic when it's, uh, when it's cool, fun stuff. Um, yeah, Sailor Moon was cool though. I do like that one. Uh, you were talking about the books though, like the, the big books. Yeah, oh, we were no, talking about, uh, it was a relationships thing. Oh no. Initially it was the ghost blowjob. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Th- that's right. And then Janine and Egon getting back to get, getting together. Yeah. yeah. What else do you want to see? Like, is there any, uh, characters you want to see come back? Do you want to like all the original ghostbusters be in there or are you find oh, they are a, all in they there? They are all in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, the only, the only reason I'm okay with the girls ghostbuster is, um, Dan Aykroyd himself okayed it. Yeah. And I get what that did. It got people interested in it again. Right. It got people wondering again. You know, it generated that feedback where the studios are starting to go, oh, okay, people are wanting to see this again. Not just that. You get a lot of people saying, why does it have to be this? Why can't it just be the original universe? So that gets the, it causes more of a demand for the original yeah. cast, the original characters. And because the reality, especially with the way people are nowadays, whether the movie's good or bad, anytime they quote unquote rehash old like movies, they're always like, why did they make this? Why couldn't they just leave it alone? Why couldn't they just make the original? So if you leave it as the last one where it's like, oh, okay, well, how about they uh, go back to the basics or go back to the original universe? It's, it's, it's almost strategic if you think about it that way. I doubt that they thought about that far ahead. They're probably just trying to make a movie and make money. Actually, 
because of Dan Aykroyd, they would have thought that far ahead because his original draft, he wanted Ghostbusters in space because he wanted more <laughs> of the, I know, completely out there, literally. Do you, he, think, do you he, think Space Ghost would have been in there? <laughs> He's a ghost from space. You know what? I would accept a cameo of <laughs> one of them having his desk in the background. <laughs> space goes like they're walking on a studio to set coast. to do an yeah. interview and they're walking past the, the, like the space goes coast to coast set that 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 would be that would oh, be what good studio has uh ghostbusters actually now that i think about it is it warner brothers mm. no it's universal oh, okay so yeah never mind then they can't do it <laughs> no but that'd that would be, be cool that'd be cool <laughs> if they did the the space ghost or the ghost ghosts in space at least yeah because again if you're going out into space what do you There'd have to be aliens or I guess people dying out in space or something. Well, the comics already. This. All right. The Ghostbusters and the comics are getting to the Scooby-Doo point. They've had crossovers with Transformers and Ninja Turtles and then Ninja Turtles have crossovers with Batman. So therefore, Batman exists (laughs) in the same dimensional blob yeah, yeah, as the yeah. ghostbusters yeah it can all happen that's funny well yeah because uh the ghostbusters did um uh yeah they did the transformers one they did the uh the tmnt one uh they did the one crossing over with the girls one they've also the done one. crossing over with the real ghostbusters and where peter basically wants to punch himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was the regular <laughs> to ones the, the surprise of ones. nobody yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, there was a cartoon for it too, right? The Ghostbusters. Wasn't there a Ghostbusters cartoon? The real Ghostbusters, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, and um that that show got me liking the character of Egon Spengler even more, which is kind of funny because now I'm the biggest fan of his, his voice actor, Maurice right. LaMarche. He's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. <laughs> he went on to voice uh the brain for Pinky and the Brain. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he I does the crap out of that too. Yeah, yeah no, it's amazing. He yeah, does the belches, the, for, belches? the belches for the belches for Wacko Warner. Okay, and he can do them at the drop of a hat. Okay, it's kind of scary. And what's also scary <laughs> is he taught his little brother how to do it, and the guy can do it better than he can. <laughs> oh wow! Um, what was I gonna say? What was the name of the actor that you said passed um, from Ghostbusters? Harold Ramis. What? What if? Uh, how would you feel if he was in the movie as a ghost? If he's not smiling at them and then just fading away, <laughs> I or last minute help, you know, like you know, get w- one last action before he, like you said, fades away. Because uh, <laughs> I, I had a crush on him for the longest time. <laughs> I really, really did. I. I'm sorry. I I love nerds with shit-eating grins. <laughs> and he didn't let it drop too much in that movie, but when he did, it it hit you like, "Oh, he's up to something." So you think they you think they do that CG like where they impose it or or do you think they just uh get a look like or they might not even do it. But if they did. <laughs> well, what would you like to see? Cuz they did that with uh Thrawn, not Thrawn Tarkin. In the Star Wars movies, and they did it with Leia. Okay, for Star Wars, for Star Wars, I was all right with it, and I have a feeling that the actors themselves would have been okay with it. Mm. I don't know what Harold Ramis would think. That's right. something you'd have to ask his family. <laughs> uh, but I know for me, I wouldn't want to see anything with a speaking role. Really? No, it's just... Because it wouldn't be his voice, right? 
What if it was? What if he had a bunch of like pre-recorded stuff and it was actually his voice? <laughs> it's like it's all stuff that just never made it to the original movie. Then I would start crying. <laughs> they just like Frankenstein a bunch of like dialogue. <laughs> they probably could. There'd be some some Jim and the Holograms shit right there, yeah. and I would start crying. It'd be like pre-canned sayings that he had that just again got cut, and then they'd just be reacting like that is a good point. You're right. <laughs> no. It, <sighs> See, that's, I, what, that's what I'd worry about, it, that it'd get cheesier. It'd be one of those, like, Simpsons poochie moments. Like, oh, I'm, no. <laughs> I have to go home now. <laughs> yeah. You see, I started off, like, liking the character of Egon, and then the more I found out about Harold Ramis, the more I liked and appreciated him. And his comedy, um, the movie Stripes, is hilarious. Okay. And just some of the stuff that he wrote. Uh, he wrote Caddyshack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to see his sense of humor, and then I read The Ghostbusters Daughter by his daughter, Violet Ramis Oh, it's a Steel. book. It's an autobiography, and yeah. just some of her insights into her dad and some of the things he did and, you know, said. Obviously, he was human, and... I don't know. I just, I think he would have been a really cool guy to meet. Right on. So that being said, if they had a speaking role for him in the new movie, I think it would, I don't, I don't think it would hit right. At least it wouldn't hit right for me. But I can say that I do appreciate funny cameos because this is one thing about the girls ghostbusters that i actually did like is they had a gold bust of harold ramus like <laughs> stripes days in the background of one of the offices with that silly grin at his and his hair just everywhere and oh my gosh i lost it in the theater i'm pretty sure nobody knew why i was laughing <laughs> um yeah that oh. so what you're saying is you hope to see horrible cg for a ghost um Stay puff poops and um, more of I don't know I don't know what, what was the other thing. If they have horrible CG, that means they <laughs> let a bunch of ten year olds do it because it's come so far nowadays that yeah, college kids could do what was in movies like ten years right. ago. So there's no excuse for bad CG, <laughs> none, none at all. It's all practical effects now. They got real ghosts. <laughs> It's just cardboard cutouts. <laughs> All righty, um, and I think that's a good that's a good uh good amount of talking about a lot of these uh stories and stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, so you do have I don't know if you wanted to talk about any of your uh, art that you do. I know you said you haven't been doing any for a while. Um, but in case people want to look look it up, uh, you said you had a deviant art. Yeah, I have a deviant art. It is Anna McNairin at deviantart.com okay and then you said you had some other uh social media accounts as well yeah if you google the redheaded 118 you will find me awesome and what are you putting out there on the social media honestly right now not a whole lot i'm still very much a hermit and (laughs) in order to create stuff i find that i actually have to be out there and living if i don't have new ideas coming in my writing stops, my drawing kind of stops, except I drew one of the Twitch streamers I like to follow as a little chibi character. Oh, that's cool. That's fun. I don't know. He just gave me the idea and it came out really, really cute. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, it's fun, but you're right. Like, um, 
a lot of art is uh, definitely fueled or inspired by experience you know um, the idea of any type of art whether it's a, a visual or music or um, writing you know literature is to move you one way or another you know, it's to move you to think or feel a certain way and uh, the way you make that is by experiencing it's like oh yeah. I want to feel someone to feel sad or mad about this or I want somebody to feel this way well how do you know how you want them to feel if you haven't felt it yourself or experienced it. So again, yeah. you definitely need to experience uh, to be able to create art um, or at least that's what I think. Um, if uh, you guys haven't already, definitely check out the weaving words podcast, Instagram. Um, we usually put like the thumbnails on there. Um, I do these really cool, awesome top of the line, professional quality Photoshop's with the guests and uh, the stuff they talk about. Um, we have the Weaving Words podcast on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram under Roman the Nerd. Um, if you have any questions, any suggestions, uh, we're always taking uh, any type of constructive criticism. Um, you know, we just want to make the show better. Anybody want to see back? I know it's been coming up on two years since we started the podcast. There's probably some guests that uh, would love to come back and talk about some new stories. Um, or if there's anything you want to hear, uh, definitely, you know, just let us know. Um, other than that, thank you. Have a good one. Bye.